0: Once again, Steve Wilson here, continuing in our study through the book of Matthew. We are now into chapter 5. Um, we're getting into the Beatitudes. And, you know, for the, about the first 12 verses here, and I remember doing a study on these. Um, taught through a study in the first church I ever pastored. Um, I did it on a Wednesday night, and I gotta say... As I recall, this was probably one of the top two or three most enjoyable studies I believe I've ever done. I was very young in my ministry, didn't know a whole lot, so I had to study quite a bit. So I think I learned more than any anybody. That's probably why I enjoyed it the most. But, um, but I did, I went through it uh, at, at the church I was pastoring at the time, and um, I don't know, it just stuck with me, and so this has kind of always been one of my favorite passages. Um, This, uh, a study I did through um, the Psalms of Degrees, and then probably the study I did, or the preaching series that I did through um, the book of 1 Corinthians. This was probably my top three most memorable um, studies that I've ever done in my pastorate. So anyway, here we go. We're into the Beatitudes. And of course, um, you know, the easy way to remember uh, kind of the focus or the direction of the Beatitudes is just take the word and break it apart. It's, it's the attitude you should be at <laughs> or the be, the be attitude is you know the proper attitude you should have um, more that you know that God wants you to have. So anyway, uh, the Beatitudes, let's, let's go ahead and begin uh, the first couple of verses and it says uh, in seeing the multitudes he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, taught them, saying, "Now I want to stop here for a minute. Pick up on something that I think a lot of people miss. You now there are people that will disagree with me, but uh, I went to a um, an outdoor drama up in Ohio." and they had you know a, a, the drama about the life of christ it was very good and uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it but there was the, when he did the at this this section on the, we're, we're into the sermon on the mount here chapters five through seven really that's what we're getting into um when they did the section on that they did what most people do he, he began the sermon on the mount and you know the the multitudes were all there and he began preaching to the multitudes, but I don't. I don't believe that's what the Scripture says. It says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. So he saw these people, and for some reason, for whatever reason, he chose to pull himself apart. I, I think the reason was because he just wanted to speak to the twelve, because it says. And when he was set, his disciples came into him. Now, people look at that and say, well, you know, he had a lot of disciples in those days. Well, true. But, you know, the disciples more often than not refers to the twelve. My picture is that he went up into a section of the mountain that was not conducive to a gathering of the multitudes, and only the twelve went there to sit and have some me time with, with Jesus. And he had some things that he wanted to teach them and them alone, not not that it was—it's not good teaching for everybody, you know, But there are things that you know, as I was a pastor, God would reveal to me, and then it was my responsibility to then pass it on to all the people. Um, you know, it was just kind of a more personal kind of way to share something He wanted people to know. So anyway, so here you have Jesus, and I believe He's sitting with His twelve, and so He begins to teach them specifically. It Says, and He opened His mouth. For they shall be called the children of God, and blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs, for, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you, and falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now let me jump ahead, and then we'll kind of go back and pick these up, and I, I want you to know that we're not going to get really in-depth with these. We just don't have time to do that. But I like the way it wraps up in verse 12, because he, he basically, you know, it's a verse that helps you to stay focused on on what your life's mission is, your life's ministry. It says rejoice and be exceeding glad. In other words, he talks about being reviled and, you know, all the terrible things that can happen to those who serve God. But but then he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. For, for number one, great is your reward in heaven. You know, we have something great to look forward to. And then secondly, you're not alone in this. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So we should expect nothing less than to be persecuted. We're not going to meet, be met with glad rejoicing for the most part because most people are going to reject Christ so the majority of the time we're going to face persecution Um, but you know that's the way it's always been it's the way it's always going to be until the Lord returns so you know we start getting in that mode sometimes well you know why me Lord well it's not why me it's why all of us, uh, you know, it's that's just the way things are, the world rejects Christ. And when we share the message of Christ with them, they don't like to hear it. So we're going to be persecuted. That's just the way things are. But, you know, men have always been looking for happiness. Whether they're Christians or not, people want to be happy. Uh, but the problem is, worldly pleasures like power, prestige, wealth, um, they're they're not the source and they're not the security for happiness. Those are things that you can lose very easily. Very often you can lose them much more easily than you can gain them. They're just not secure. But that's generally what the world seeks because they don't know any better. They don't know where else to go. They're just trying to seek happiness just like the rest of us are. Um, So Jesus sums up their need and uh, desire of true happiness in the Beatitudes. Blessed, by the way, is simply another term for happy. And um, you know, he says, "Happy is a man who realizes his poor spiritual condition." Um, it says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." In verse three, for theirs is the kingdom of, of uh, heaven. Um, so, just recognizing who you are before Christ—you know, we're we're sinful creatures—and yet God still saves us and uses us. Um, Happy is the man who realizes his poor, poor spiritual condition. And then he says, blessed are they that mourn over their poor spiritual need or condition. It should make us sad, you know, that that we don't do better for Christ or that we sin in the garden. And, you know, we have fallen short of God's glory, but, you know, happy happy is the man who realizes that even though we are sinners, there is a way of salvation. Uh meekness it doesn't mean one who is shy or timid but simply means someone who is yielded it doesn't mean you're a coward or or anything like that it just means you're yielded to God you're, you're humble uh, blessed are they which hunger after the bread of life and thirst after the springs of living water these things are filled or, or satisfied with the righteousness of God that's you know that's what God gives us in order to uh, to, you know give us joy blessed are the merciful well those um, who are merciful to men or to others are going to receive mercy, mercy to God you know you know in the passage we talks about you know if you if, if if you cared for you know the poor then you cared for me and you know so on uh, that's that's the approach that we need to take in life you know we need to pass it forward because you know that's that's a christ-like uh Characteristic, and we will receive mercy from God if we are willing to share mercy for others. I mean, after all, how are we going to get their attention? How are we going to how are we going to gain their respect? How are we ever going to share Christ with people? You know, if we're not merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. You know, hope makes pure. Now let me just point out the hope is not well you know the kind of hope that says, oh gee I hope this happens because it might not but I'm not sure hope it does that's not the kind of hope we have our in Christ we have a very firm hope a secure hope we know that he's he we have a blessed hope he's you know he's coming back someday to take us home and he's promised that if we if we aren't here when he comes back you know if we die in the interim he's going to take us home to you know when we die so um you know, we, we have a pure heart and a, and a heavenly hope that, um, you know, that God is going to take care of us. Um, so, you know, we're hoping for the coming of Christ because we know it's going to happen and it helps keep our hearts pure because I, I want to be pure. I want to be in the midst of serving him when he comes back. Blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemaker simply is one who helps the enemies of God to find their peace with God. It's you know it's easy enough sometimes to share people who are willing to listen, but trying to share Christ with our enemies, boy, that takes, not only does that take diligence, it takes skill, it takes um, trial and error, it takes determination. It's hard to find an enemy and win them to Christ, because first of all, you have to make a friend out of them. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It's not... Self-inflicted pity or persecution because of ignorance, but persecution because of God's righteousness that brings God's blessing. I mean, that's why we're being persecuted anyway. You know, they persecuted Christ, so of course they're, they're going to persecute us. Uh, many times Christians have uh, rightly earned and deserved to be openly rebuked by the world. I mean, after all, we we sure get led astray an awful lot. We we get uh, we get wrapped up in certain things, and and it's not that they're bad things. For instance, you know, one of the big things, of course, today is abortion. And uh, I can remember a time I got so deep into, you know, fighting against those who wanted to abort babies, and it's still a horrendous thought to me. I I have a hard time just imagining, just picturing what happens to these poor babies, defenseless babies that are being killed, you know, by the thousands every day, Um, and I struggle with that. And so I really got wrapped up in the uh, anti-abortion movement. And it's a great movement. And it's not that the things I did were bad. You know, they were needed and they were necessary. But quite honestly, it um, it caused me to veer off of my ministry. That wasn't my ministry. While well, I can contribute to it, support it, and, and, and even be vocal about it, um, I needed to be very careful in becoming so singularly, focused i mean what so what if i save a bunch of babies if you know if i'm failing to win people to christ i mean that's a lot more important winning lost souls is you know that's my mission that's my goal in life Uh, bringing people to jesus what i need to do and while saving babies is important we make a lot of enemies when we do that well you know so be it that's the way it is but you know sometimes we make more than we need to We need to be careful about, and it's not just abortion. There are a number of issues, uh, you know, the gay and lesbian movement, uh, even politics, um, because, you know, politics has now been intertwined with religion because being a Christian nation, we're based on Christian principles. We have now found that politically people are rejecting that. And so it's not just a political difference of opinion. it's It's a political attack on Christianity And so, unfortunately, we have been dragged into the political arena um, simply because we're Christians and, and it's Christianity that's being attacked. And, you know, sometimes we have to fight back in order to create an environment or defend or keep an environment where we can share Christ. And unfortunately, that requires some kind of secular, you know, for lack of a better term, activity. But Be that as it may, and as valuable as those things are, the fact is we we need to remain focused on what it is God wants us to do. And so He uses these beatitudes here to help us to um, maintain a positive attitude, to maintain a blessed life, to be happy amidst all the struggles that we face and all the failures that that we, you know, seem to completely or uh, consistently um, create in our lives. So, um, you know, this is a great study to go back and I encourage you, you know, to go back and look at some of the books of uh, Lloyd-Jones, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote a great, great, great book on this. If you want to do more, a more in-depth study on uh, the Beatitudes, I would encourage you to do that. Um, so anyway, um, you know we're going to wrap up on this particular study. Sure, hope uh, it helps, and uh, folks, I hope you stay happy. God bless.